Live from Utrecht, this is the Film with Room Nedo. Hello. Hey, Shors. What's up? I forgot to mention something very important last week. Okay. We, Shors, have our own RSS feed. We do. For the Film with Room Nedo. But you didn't really forget to say it because it was spliced in and then Ruben appeared out of nowhere. No, that was the week before. It was spliced in last week too. Oh, was it? Yes. Nice. So it's really strange because Ruben suddenly appeared in the podcast. Oh, that's weird. I didn't know that. Yeah, he's I not here now. Don't Clearly, worry. I didn't listen to our our own podcast last week. I always like to listen to it. Okay, well, that's good. So our, our editor saved us there. Yes. And this week, I'm saving us. Okay. Dear listeners, we have our own RSS feed. Make sure to tune in to the Fanward Observers NATO each week. if you don't know what an RSS feed is, yet you are listening to this rather technical podcast, just... You know, you can subscribe in Apple, in iTunes podcast or Spotify podcast, etc. So, sure, this week we are going to create a carbon copy of the Chain Code podcast. That's correct. <laughs> the the Chain Code guys, they have their own podcast, which is called. Let's see, is it just called the Chain Code podcast? Yep, it's just called the Chain Code podcast. It's a great podcast. It is a good podcast. They had an episode with James O'Byrne on Assume UTXO. And we are going to make an episode on Assume UTXO. And we're going to follow uh, roughly the <laughs> we're, same we're gonna, structure. We're just going to create the same podcast just with our voices this time. Yep. We're going to do it step by step. First step is headers first. That's how they did it, so that's how we're going to do it. Right. And by first step, you mean we're going to go back in time and look at some improvements on how to download the blockchain quickly and safely. Yeah, that's basically the problem that we're solving here. Well, not you and me. Well, maybe you a bit, but definitely not me. But it's the problem of syncing. So when you turn on your Bitcoin Core node, then the first thing your node's got to do is, well, other than connect to the network, which we discussed last week, then the next thing is it needs to be able to communicate with the network. It needs to download the blockchain. It exactly. Needs, it needs to be aware of the state of the network, basically. Yeah. So the most naive way to do that would be to say to other peers, just give me everything you've got. And then you get, you know, gigabytes and gigabytes and gigabytes and terabytes of blocks and headers and random stuff and your hard disk is full and you crash. So that's that's not the right way to do it. So I think the initial version of Bitcoin before it was even called Bitcoin Core, it would just ask nodes for a header, and then it got a header and it would ask nodes for a block, and it would get that block, and it would ask for the next header, and it, you know, it would just sequentially get all the headers, sequentially get all the blocks. One header at a time, followed by the same block, one at a time. Yeah, I think so. I might be wrong on this, but it doesn't really matter for what we're about to explain. Mm-hmm. So what, what's the problem with that? Well, the problem with that is you don't know if you're following a dead end. So I might be, you know, we all know, you know, there's a lot of blocks out there. But I could give you, when you start syncing, I could give you the first block and then I could just mine the second block and the third block myself Mm -hmm. at a very low difficulty. So I could just keep the Bitcoin difficulty at one and just mine a chain with like a million blocks in it. And I would give them to you one by one by one by one and you would check it and you'd be happy and you would check it and you'd be happy. And I would send you, you know, megabyte-sized blocks or even bigger with all the SegWit stuff in it. Sure. Yeah, just to be clear, even though the difficulty is low, that doesn't make it any easier for my nodes to verify the transactions. It's still going to exactly. cost a lot of computational power. So it's very cheap for me to generate a fake chain with very low difficulty, and I can just keep you busy for a long time. Mm-hmm. So one way to, to get rid of that problem 
is to first ask for headers, not the entire block, but just well, headers. Just to be clear, this isn't really a problem in itself because in the end, I would still, as a new node, compare chains and uh, compare blockchains and then well, pick the one with the most difficulty. It's just you need theory, to you need would, you need to ver verify all of the chains first before you would make the pick. That's yes, that's the problem here. But I could you know turn on Amazon and give you a million change like that right. so uh, it would be very hard for you to find the real one right right um so the idea then is you download the headers instead so headers are a lot smaller so i can give you a bunch of nonsense there but you can quickly shop between headers and see the total difficulty in it right so, so instead of downloading and verifying all the chains and then picking the one with the most proof of work i'm first checking out which chain has got the most proof of work so I'm basically inverting it, right? Yes, exactly. And then the one with the most proof of work, that's the one I'm actually going to validate. Right, because so far you just have SPV security, so you just know which one has the most proof of work, but it could be invalid. So in that case, you start downloading one block at a time, or in fact, because you already have all the headers, you can download lots of blocks at the same time from different nodes in parallel, but you have to verify them in sequence. And then if you run into an invalid block, okay, then you say this header chain might have the most proof of work, but it's not valid. So I'm going to go to the second most proof of work header chain and ask for the blocks. Right. It's mostly going to be the same, maybe except the last few. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you mentioned SPV security very briefly. Technically, that would be possible, right? Even though Bitcoin Core doesn't do that right now, it would be possible to bootstrap your nodes, get started with SPV security at first, and then only after you're done validating all of the blocks, you got full security. Yeah, no, you could, you could. But I don't think you would know your transaction history because you, you do need the blocks for that. Sure, but you would still have SPV security. And there was a proposal to implement something like this in Bitcoin Core a while ago. Yeah, I think so. This was uh, by Jonas Schnelli, I think four or five years ago, an attempt to like at least start up in SPV mode. And then I guess if you create a new address from scratch, then you know its history. So then when the next block comes in and you see a transaction to that address, then you know that you have a balance. You can't rescan any old addresses, but I guess you can see anything new that comes in because you're going to download all the real blocks after, yeah, starting at the, the present, basically. Yeah, you're at least sure that miners think it's a valid transaction or at least they're spending hash power telling you it's a valid transaction. Yes. So even though you don't have full security, it's a little bit better than nothing. Right, and of course, it's it's definitely enough to receive it and then just to assume that it's fake, but, you know, you can just sit on it for a while. But in the meantime, you would be validating all the older blocks. Yeah, but block. just to be clear, Bitcoin Core doesn't do this right now. No, it doesn't. Right now, it's just a trick to avoid having to download all of these fake chains, potentially. Instead, you only download the chain that has the most proof of work. Yes. That's, that's what Headers First is. Yeah, exactly. Okay, now, next step. So there's a thing called assume valid. That's right. What is assume valid? So assume valid is a block hash that is encoded in the software. Just to be clear, this is actually in Bitcoin Core today. Yes, yes. It's, been, it's been there for a few years. Mm -hmm. So it is a hash of a recent block, as in recent before the release. And all you know, a, a lot of the different Bitcoin Core developers and anybody else who is on GitHub can see what that hash is and they can check for themselves whether that hash is real. Mm -hmm. And if you're if you're a new user and you start up Bitcoin Core, it's going to sync you know all the headers. It's going to get all the blocks. And if that particular hash 
is in the chain, then it will not verify the signatures. So it's not a checkpoint. The hash does not have to be out there. Mm -hmm. But if it's out there, you don't verify any of the signatures up to that point. So it's a lot faster to sync that way. Right. Or a lot less slow, I would say. Do you still download the signatures? Yeah, you download everything. You, you download, download the everything. whole blockchain. Right. So it's just a shortcut for syncing is that you do not verify the signatures up until that point. Exactly. So what you are doing is you're still checking the proof of work. You're still checking that miners actually produce the, the blocks by expending energy. Yeah. And you're checking that it is the longest chain. And you're also checking all of the transactions in order to construct the UTXO set, which is the current state of balances. Right. You can't, like, money cannot come out of nowhere, basically. Right. So, but so you check all that stuff, but you do not check the signatures. Right. So you're not checking that the valid owner of each coin in any part of history was actually the correct owner. For that, you're trusting essentially on the miners as well as on the developers, no, I you're, guess. You're fully trusting the developers. Well, you're trusting that the developers, if they were to put in something that's not real, you know, somebody would notice that. Because you can see the source code and it's just one line. And if that has a hash in it that doesn't exist, well, then you should be worried. Mm -hmm. And it, it would be quite weird even then because it would have to be a chain with more proof of work. Otherwise, you would never see it. So some evil developer would have to produce a chain with more proof of work than the real thing in order to trick some future user but risk everybody noticing it. Yes, well, that's why I mentioned also the miners. Like, you still got to produce the proof of work, right? Yeah. Exactly. So why, Shores, would we trust guys like you? You don't. I mean, the, the saying is don't trust verify. But you're, you're kind of relying on that somebody's done that because don't forget that you're still downloading pieces of software from the internet. Mm -hmm. which could have a line of code in there that says, just send all the Bitcoins to me, right? So you have to check for sneaky things by the developers in general. Mm -hmm. So, But that particular sneaky thing would be extremely easy to see because it's one place in the code base that has a hash in it and everybody can reproduce it. And if you don't like this, and you don't have to like this, you start Bitcoin from scratch with a dash assume valid is zero, and then it will val validate all the signatures. Exactly. That's that's just what I was about to ask. If you don't want to put this trust in developers, you can still do it yourself. Yeah, but, but keep in mind, so you're not putting that particular piece of trust in the developers, but you still downloaded a binary file from the internet. So you are putting trust in the developers. I mean, that but depends, right? You, 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 yeah. you, could check the, you could check the source code if you really wanted to, and then... Yes, you should, and then you see this Compile hash. it into binaries if you yeah. want to. Yeah, that's, you know, you can do that. And then you'll see this hash and you trust that part of the source code isn't sneaky because you can look at the source code, but there could be some really sneaky, obscure C++ code in there that you have no idea what it's doing and it's stealing your coins. You're underestimating my ability to check for very sneaky C++ source code, I think. Well, that's, that's great. We need more people like you <laughs> to make sure that doesn't happen. I wish that was true. Okay, so this is actually in Bitcoin Core and it's been in Bitcoin Core for a while. Yeah, I think a couple of years. Yeah. And apparently everyone's comfortable enough with this. I don't know. Looks like it. I haven't I, seen... I don't know if people use the feature, right? They might turn it off. So now a newer idea, which is sort of based on Assume Valid, is James O'Barron's Assume UTXO. Yes. Right? So what is the difference? What is Assume UTXO then? Well, here 
the UTXO set, as we've said a couple of times, is the collection of coins that exist right now. So every time you send somebody money, that creates a UTXO and it destroys the UTXO that you sent from. Yeah, so, it's, it's the current state of balances is how I generally call it. Yeah. Although, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I know it technically, I, I guess you're, you object to the term balances. Well, because balance is something you can add and subtract to, but these UTXOs are destroyed all the time. So it's like you have a bank account and the bank account is destroyed when you use it. Sure. But in general, the idea is that every time... The only way you can reconstruct the UTXO set, so the only way you can find out which coins exist right now, is to replay everything from scratch. Mm -hmm. So you have to take the first block, see which coins it creates, which coins it destroys... Then the second block, see which coins it destroys, which coins it creates, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And that takes a long time, and you can only do it sequentially. You have to start at the beginning, you have to go to the end. You cannot do it in parallel. Mm -hmm. Because you don't know if block one on a thousand, you don't know if it's valid, because you need to know what coins existed at one block before it. Yeah. So this is annoying, because it takes a long-ass time to sync the whole blockchain. So what Assume UTXO does is it takes a snapshot of this UTXO set at a certain height, maybe just before the release or a bit older. Mm -hmm. And then when your node starts, it starts from that point. So it skips initially skips the whole history. It mm -hmm. starts from this snapshot, and then it just checks the next block and the next block and the next block and the next block until it reaches the tip, the most recent block. So then you know exactly your balances, and you can start using it. But in the meantime, in the background, it starts at the Genesis block, goes all the way to the snapshot, and make sure that the snapshot is correct. And if the snapshot is not correct, it starts screaming. Right. I'm assuming it still does the header first syncing, right? Like first yes. it checks out which chain is the longest one? In fact, it has to because in order to load the snapshot, it must already have the headers at that point. So it has to have the headers up until the snapshot before it can even load the snapshot. Right. And then with assume valid, it still did all of the UTXO set constructing. It still replayed all of the transactions. It just didn't check for the signatures. It just skipped its signature validation. And now with assume UTXO, at least initially, it skips all of it. It skips the transaction replaying as well as obviously then also the signature checking. Yeah. So, so it just takes the UTXO set and from there on out constructs the blockchain based on the newer blocks that have been found since then. Exactly. And so you're back to where everything started as soon as that that backlog checking has been done. Then you're you're basically at the same trust as you are now. However, you know, you could argue and you know, this gets into trade-offs like do you really want to to check all the history? Because there are a lot of things you can know without checking history. So there's no plan right now to not check history, because that's still a bit controversial. Yeah, you mean but check history after... Before the snapshot. Yes, you basically check the snapshot, then you check what has happened since the snapshot. And once you've constructed the current version of the UTXO set and the current version of the blockchain, then you go back to block number one, and start to check if your assumption of the UTXO set was actually correct. That's right. right. And so the question mm -hmm. is, could you eventually in the future opt out of doing that? Mm -hmm. And what, what are you sacrificing when you do that? Right. And well, some things you're not sacrificing. So the nice thing is, if you start at the snapshot and you create a new address and you receive coins on it and they get into a block, then you kind of know that block is valid at least unless there's another chain out there. Because otherwise, like a lot of miners are wasting a lot of proof of work on a chain that's not valid. Which, sure. which could be true. 
Which could be true, yes. Yeah. Which is a trade-off. You're trusting that miners are being honest there. You're trusting that they're not burning resources just to screw with you. On a very, very... Not screw with you, like screw with everyone. Yeah. But, you know, there could be some conspiracy where the snapshot is fake and, you know, the, the core developers and the miners collude and create a fake snapshot that has a couple of extra coins in it that all the miners agree that they will approve blocks with that coin in it. So you could you could sneak in a hard fork. That's kind of the the scary thing about it, which is why again you need people to check whether the snapshot is real. You can either do it yourself with this back validation, or you can go in, and and or you can rely on the fact that other people are looking at the source code and see this one particular line, which if it contains something ridiculous, there's a problem. And and again the same story with the headers. Right, that still need to match. So somebody would have to spend a whole lot of proof of work and get sneak that fake snapshot in. Right, so this is not included in Bitcoin Core right now. No, in fact, all of this is quite new. So the I think the current version of Bitcoin Core has a way to create a snapshot. Right. But there's nothing you can do with that snapshot. And then not the version that's coming out now, but the version that might come out like early next year should have a way to, probably will have a way to load a snapshot. What does load a snapshot mean? So this UTXO snapshot, the set of coins is a couple gigabytes. Mm -hmm. And the only way you can get it is to download it from someone. Right. It's that's, not, that's it's pretty... not included in the source code and there's no way to serve it over the peer-to-peer -peer network yet. Right. What The only thing that's included in the source code would be the hash Correct. of the UTXO set, not the UTXO set itself because it's too big. Right. And so initially, maybe that UTXO set is just a torrent that people can host. It's very easy to check a torrent because it also has a hash. Mm -hmm. Or one use case for that could be, say, if you're running a BTC Pay server, if you're spinning that up for the first time, it's really, really time-consuming to have to download the entire blockchain. But then you probably want to skip validation of the older stuff. Because if you're running that server, you know, you're probably also running a node somewhere else, so you can still compare that that you're actually looking at the same chain. So that, that could be a good use case for it. And then it's nice that the, the BTC Pay server thing just downloads a three-gigabyte file, and then start syncing from there. Saves you like two weeks. Because all these web servers, they're incredibly slow. Right. So right now, Bitcoin Core can make a snapshot of a UTXO set, but it doesn't actually do anything with it. Yep. Then in an upcoming release, it's going to be able to download a UTXO set? No, it's going to be able to load a UTXO set that you downloaded. Right. Somewhere. Okay. And then maybe in the future version after that then it's gonna sort of complete the package and you might have something called assume utxo in bitcoin core one way such a future could look is the nodes every node that wants to would serve this snapshot probably not automatically because it's pretty big it's like a couple gigabytes but any node that wants to could serve the snapshot and then there is a peer-to-peer -peer protocol to download the snapshot automatically and, and so when you start a new node it would automatically find the snapshot use the snapshot sync to the tip show you some orange blinking thing probably and then sync from the start to the snapshot and then show you a nice green blinking thing is this controversial at all the, the fact that there are some trade-offs there some security trade-offs even though they're small and temporary they're there do you think there this is controversial at all i don't know I mean, usually with these kind of features, first of all, it's experimental. So that means you probably need to do something to turn it on. My guess is, you know, once it's once it's done to the point that I just described, it's probably still going to be off the first time. 
And then if people start objecting to it or not, that's sort of the thing you need to see. I mean, something is controversial when people decide it's controversial. Yeah, but that hasn't been decided yet then. Not that I know, but there's there's only a handful of people who actually grasp this feature. So it might be a bit early. In the longer run, something that's been an ongoing discussion for ages is the idea of committing to the UTXO set inside the blockchain itself. Uh, UTXO commitments. I've heard of that. That certainly is controversial. I, I don't think, I don't know if anybody is opposed to it in principle, but it's certainly controversial depending on how you do it. Because you want, what you want to prevent is sort of the scenarios we discussed before, right? The scenario where the blockchain is too big to check for everybody, and then a bunch of miners and, and developers decide to give themselves some coins, and they get away with it because not enough people verify the entire history. So that's that's a risky part of it. How would that work with embedding? Sorry, it's embedding the UTXO set into the blocks? You're not embedding it. You're embedding a hash into the block. Sure, So, yeah. so every block would contain, I guess, in the Coinbase transaction, a hash of the UTXO set or some other derived thing of the UTXO set. What's, that? Some what's, some actual, thing. what's the benefit of that? Well, then, instead of relying on what's in the source code, this hash, you would rely on what's in the blockchain, this hash. That's, I guess, you know, you make it part of consensus, and a block is not valid if the, va the hash is not valid. Mm. So you would reject blocks that have an invalid hash rather than reject code that looks fishy. I think it's a different thing. But there are quite, there are very different ways that you can put stuff in a block. It could be as straightforward as a hash, but it could also be something a little bit more indirect. Something that if you know, so if you look at the block and you see this this number, you do not know the UTXO set and you can't download the UTXO set using that information. But you instead, you have to download, you have to process the whole blockchain from the Genesis block to make sure that that thing in the blockchain is valid. But then the question is what it's just going to be. There's some tricky trade-offs there. You should you should ask Peter Todd at some point. Because he's thought about that stuff a bit more. At some point. I will. Yeah. All right. We've gone off the rails. Well, no, we... But I think we covered everything. Seen, yeah. I mean, in general, it's, you know, uh, one thing that people complain about when they hear about Bitcoin Core is like, oh my God, I need to download the whole blockchain. And then, you know, you get this trade-off as do you want people to just put up with that? Do you want to make it slightly less annoying? Yes, at a trade-off. Yeah, and then the smallest possible trade-off. So I think this is a very interesting project, so I'm happy to test it. That's usually what I do. Good. Test it, try to break something, and then complain on GitHub. All right. Well, I have nothing else to ask. Alrighty. In that case, thank you for listening to the Van Weirdem Shores NATO. There you go. 